following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Welcome back to another episode of The Intentional Foul. Josh and Dan, back with you to talk about all things sports and who knows what else. We're in Studio B, a.k.a. Dan's basement, back room. Glad you got the Christmas lights out. I mean, I, <laughs> I to be honest, I came home from work yesterday and they were up. So Really? Yeah. Mom came over well, that's com- nice. commando style and threw up a... Uh, Little mini Christmas tree and some garland. Yeah, and, the interior looks nice. Yeah, I don't They're, do. I'm not doing all the outside crap. I, really? I, nah, you I can just buy one of those. Like they make it so easy now. And I only say that because I spent about an hour and a half outside putting up some stuff. They buy nets, and basically all you have to do is throw it over a bush. Yeah. And it's that easy. Not ah. going to do that. There's nobody on your block. Maybe like two people. Yeah. Well, that have a, I like. think it's a lot of old people. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. All right. I, I'm a little Scrooge McDuckish when it comes to that kind of stuff. <laughs> So I got to do it for the kids. I, I like it. If it were up to me and I had the resources, like I'm going to send out a, probably a Facebook post that asks for people that, that if they don't have or if they have Christmas lights that they're just not using and they still work, I'll take them. Mm-hmm. If they just have them laying around, I would plaster you would just, the house. You would Griswold it? I would Griswold. That's what I would do. There's a, there's a huge, you've seen the huge tree that mm-hmm. you usually park in front mm-hmm. of. Yep. I would need like one of those electrical raised buckets yeah. to get every- I'm actually thinking about it sometime <laughs> of doing that whole tree. That's pretty funny. That would be I mean, I don't can't even fathom the amount of lights it would take, but I would I would actually Well, you better do it, you, it you better do it soon before it embarrasses your daughters. You got to do it while they still look like it. You don't want to wait till they're like 15. No, I got a couple. I got know? a couple of years left at least, and I think they would actually be impressed if I did it. All of a sudden so. their their friend comes to pick them up and it why, why did he do yeah, that? Yeah, what, 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 what is wrong with your well, dad? My block is a little bit like your block. Nobody turns on their lights for Halloween. Nobody puts up Christmas lights. I don't know if we have old people, too. Yeah, I don't know. But none of that. So, All right, well, we got NFL, we got Badgers, we got Bucks, um, college hoops as well, and I think probably the main story of the last uh, couple of days that has, I would say, trumped football as far as for sports fans in the state is what's been going on with the Brewers. Mm-hmm. Not much of it has been great. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But I mean, right it's, now for it's fans, been a little disconcerting, yes, let's say that. That's right. So, we will uh we'll we'll get into that. We'll we'll truck through the NFL stuff. Um we can start with Thanksgiving. Uh Bears win on a late touchdown to beat the Lions. God, I don't hardly even remember that's that what game. I'm, right. What is that? Thursday. 5 6 days yeah, ago. That's right. A but, couple of holiday nogs <laughs> later. I think the only thing you can probably take away from this is the Bears' defense was going against a third-string quarterback for the Lions. And what was his name? David Blau? Yeah, uh, from Purdue, Purdue, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, I saw a lot a of walk people. walk on at Purdue. Saw a lot of people on Twitter <laughs> saying Blau made himself some money oh, boy. with that kind of – that somebody would t- take him for a, a backup, a second stringer, after this year or something. I, I, I mean, 
look, the Bears the Bears scored a late touchdown to win the game twenty four to twenty, which which in and of itself is ridiculous. <clears throat> but the defense played well. I mean, they they gave up twenty points, but the Lions scored on their first play of the game. They mm-hmm. threw a bomb and yeah. scored. So other than that, the defense played pretty well. Um but you know, it's just kind of more of the same with the Bears. Um you know, Trubisky has five throws where you're like, oh, my God, how is he a pro? <laughs> and then he has two or three throws that are like, okay, those are good throws. Um, and they do just enough to win, and that's just kind of where you're at with mm-hmm. this team. I mean, I was talking to somebody the other day that's a Bear fan, and we were just talking about how miserable this season has been. <laughs> and I said, you know, the, the the funny thing about it is, as bad as Trubisky's been, as bad as Nagy has been as a coach. You have had no Trey Burton and basically no tight end all year. You lose Kyle Long for the entire season, and now you're down Robert Massey, another offensive lineman. Danny Trevathan's missed like three games or so with that elbow injury. Akeem Hicks has been out almost the whole year with that arm injury. He's going to come back against the Packers, it sounds like. And they're still 6-6, and and they're still in the mix. It's like, I don't know if that's... um, uh, says more about the garbage at the bottom of the NFC. It's if, bad. It, if it does about it's how, uh, if it, but I, I'm I'm choosing to look at it like it shows that there is talent on the roster. It's just a lot of that talent has not played up to the level that everybody thought they were going to play at. And then the Bears just, it, it, you know, it happens in football. It's happened to the Packers a couple of years in the past recently. They've just been snake bit with injuries, yep. and it's been at key spots. You know, you lose a wide receiver, it's not a big deal, but you start losing offensive and defensive linemen, especially Pro Bowl caliber guys like a like a Hicks. Um, it's just really hard to overcome. That's that. why I don't buy the whole. You know, well, injuries shouldn't matter. Well, if you lose your best guys, they matter. You 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 can't have a, a fifty three man roster of of all pro guys. Up to down, so that one gets out and you're repl- oh that's no problem. We'll just replace him with another pro bowler. Well, the pro- it, it doesn't work like that. It, it's the Belichick problem because Belichick went eleven and five with Matt Castle in replace of Brady, who is kind of unanimously now the greatest quarterback of all time. It's like everybody thinks that when somebody gets hurt, you should just be able. If you're any good as a coach, you can just plug a guy in plug there. And it's play. Like, it don't that's work right. that way. No, it doesn't that was a that was a really rare thing. If you mm-hmm. play that season. Ten times they probably go eleven and five once. Mm-hmm. Most of the other times they're probably five hundred. Um, but yeah, man, they have to matter, especially if they're key positions. And in football, it's your quarterback and it's your line, both sides of the ball. If those guys are not there, you, you're going to have a hard time winning football games. Who do the Bears have left for? I know they play Thursday, but I'm not even sure. Who they, uh, play. they got the Cowboys. Okay, and then I. Th- Think everybody in the division. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so it's just. Like well, no, the they don't. I think they've already played the Lions twice. Okay. They play the Packers. They play the Vikings, and there's somebody else All in right. there. That's oh, the Chiefs. Ooh, so there's a, here. there's a realistic chance that they lose out and and go six and ten. Yeah. I mean, it was funny. I was listening to uh, ESPN a thousand the other day, mm-hmm. and <laughs> one of the guys on there was trying to say, "Oh, well, you know, they have a chance of winning out and being ten and six. And the other guys are like, "What are you watching?" <laughs> Like, what makes you think that they're going to go into Lambeau and win, go into Minnesota and win, and beat Kansas City and Dallas? And what, what makes you think that? What are you watching? 
It's just that blind homerism that we see. I'll have what he's it's having. It's like, no, thank you. No. I don't. I, no, sorry, I'm not buying it. All right, so Bears and Cowboys on Thursday. That's that's at least something I could watch on Thursday after we get done with some intra-city stuff. Uh, we'll get to that probably at the end of the podcast. Packers and Giants, I half paid attention. I mean, I really did. Um, Giants, are, they stink. I didn't take anything away from it except for the Giants are bad and the Packers' defense allowed a rookie quarterback at times to carve them up, but they also picked them off quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so rookie mistakes there. Um, I, I saw a, a Twitter question with three different answers on my way over here. Uh, when you look at the Packers' defense, are they better than last year's? And the, the choices were yes, clearly, no, but it feels like it, and nope. Same garbage or something like that. And I picked, I think they are clearly better. I think there's a better pass rush. I think the secondary is better. But for some reason, they're just not putting it together. And I can't figure out why. Um, and maybe it's, uh, people were talking this week, uh, the first two days of the week, uh, is Petten not that great anymore? Or does he still not have the guys that he needs or wants? I don't know. But I, I mean, they spent a boatload of money in free agency. They have they have players at the various positions that are talented. Yeah, for the, sure. The Smiths were a good investment. Mm -hmm. Kenny Clark is up front. The D line is actually okay. I think the corners are pretty good. Um, the safety's got to get there a little bit. Savage is going to take his. I mean, you got a rookie back there. You got a second year guy at corner. You got a third year guy who has barely seen the field in two years because he's injured all the time. And you have the oldest defensive back in Tremont Williams who's in the mix. Right. Uh, you, you, that you're going to package that up, and it's you're going to take some lumps. Do you look at it like um, defensively they're kind of one dimensional? And what I mean by that is, like, when 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 the situation arises where they can pin their ears back and rush downhill at the quarterback and their defensive backs and linebackers know who they're covering and they know it's a passing down, they're very good. Yep. If they don't get to the quarterback, they're dead. But when it's like a, when when they're going up against a team that can run or they're going up against a team that's got a – um, a quarterback that can sling it around and has has got a little savvy to him. I mean, like uh, a Carson Wentz, a Phil Rivers, you know, guys like that. They've had a little bit of problem with that. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, is that maybe possible? Like, For sure. I, I agree with you. Their defense is better than last year, mm -hmm. but they're still you know, susceptible. They're, they're still success, susceptible to some things. And I saw you with some people on Sunday kind of having the Kevin King or, uh, argument online. Okay, he got an interception. Great. Yeah, he's kind of the guy that is the most maligned uh, of, the, Definitely. of the secondary yep. on the Packers. Definitely. Yeah, um, uh, and I will say this about the defense. They gave up a lot of yards to a bad Giants team, but when they got in the red zone, they shut them down. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, you can say what you want and, and point to the numbers. Well, they gave up this, they gave, but they didn't allow that many points right right um and at the end of the day that's really that's all, all that the matters counts. so i mean you can bend and not break yep you don't have to be a good defense you don't have to be called a good defense or known as a good defense but if you can't score on them chances increase you're gonna win the game yeah so i mean i will take this 
definitely right now you just want to see some improvement going forward. It's, it's been interesting, though, the reactions to that game the last couple of days. You know, uh, even some of the local media that I've been listening to, they were concerned that they didn't beat them worse, which, I mean, if you look at the record, sure, but it's like, dude, you're on the road. Yep. The weather was crappy. Yep. Um, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, and I don't think the Packers are the kind of team that, you know, beats teams 40 to 10. That's right. not really who they are. No. That, that's the old, that's the McCarthy mm-hmm. early Rodgers Packers. That's not really who this team is. And and I guess for me, the identity, Joe, Aaron Jones never got going. The identity of the run game is still, you, you can't figure out what to do yet. They tried to get him the ball out of the backfield a couple of times. But again, I think this is the second straight game where they put Jamal Williams in a little bit more in the second half, and he was just steamrolling people. Right. Which, to me, that's shades of giving Edgar Bennett the ball 30 to 35 times and just saying, just go, just just go and, and smash people. Yeah. You know, like to me, you're in the snow, you're against that Giants defense, you give Jamal Williams the ball 20 to 25 times. Jones is a, is a finesse guy. Right, sure. he, he's a speed guy. If you want to swing him out and do some bubble screens or some wheel routes, okay, fine, different, you know, whatever. But if you're if you're going to run the ball in that situation, you give it to your hammer, and that was Jamal Williams. Especially if you've got the lead, a, a couple of score lead, and you're just trying to wind the clock down, right. move the chains. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I'd ra- I'd much rather him take that pounding anyway than than Jones if yeah. I'm a Packer fan. So I I, I thought they kind of missed the opportunity there, um, but I don't know. We'll see. They got uh, they got the Redskins who are starting to win a little bit more somehow. I don't understand, um, but it's at home. That's good. Bears at home, as you mentioned. You got to go to Minnesota, which I I know they lost on Monday night, but that game and I, I talked about this with Michael. That game, I'm expecting not great things. Well, something's got to give in that game. Kirk Cousins has never won on Monday night. Is that the, a Monday night game? Yep. Oh, I believe so. And okay. the Packers have never won at U.S. Bank. So oh. I thought okay. that, I'm thought i pretty sure that's what Drew Olson said uh, right. when I was driving home tonight. So. And then you're probably going to get, uh, I think they just put Driscoll on, on season-ending IR for the Lions. I don't know about Stafford's back. He's not on IR though, is he? Is he? I, no, I don't think so. He but says he wants to play. If I'm Detroit, I'm not putting no, him back out there. No. What's the point? Right. So you're probably going to get David Blau or somebody else um, in the final game at uh, at Ford Field. So right now you're looking at I what think a disaster at, they turned into at minimum three wins. You, oh yeah, you, yeah. You hope to get four. Yes. Yeah, I would be shocked if they didn't get three wins. Right. So I, I I mean I'm thinking that that will be a that'll be a very satisfying end to the season. Yeah. Um and and hopefully you win the division, but right now Minnesota's a game back and then they got a split and but then who's got the better record against the division? I think it's I mean Minnesota's got to beat a couple of other divisional teams, but otherwise they're tied. Then what does it go to? If they split Boy. And, and they beat everybody else twice? Maybe like points allowed or something something wonky like that. I'm all not right. sure what all the tiebreakers are, but I, I think the Packers, I mean, being a game up and if you go 3-1, and one, even if you do lose to Minnesota, I, I doubt they're going to win out. So mm-hmm. you're probably, you know, looking at the Packers getting, uh, getting the division win, but I don't know. It's going to be interesting down the stretch. All right, let's uh, run through some scores back to Thanksgiving. In addition to the Bears beating the Lions, the Bills beat the Cowboys. My in-laws are Cowboys fans, and they were over 
and they all had their they all had their stuff. He dropped, my brother in law dropped more bombs. Just watched and got up and left the room a handful of times. Yeesh. And the Cowboys right now are a little bit of a oh, mess. they're a mess. They're a total mess. Yeah. Uh, Saints. I didn't watch much of that game. Saints beat the Falcons. What I expected, even if it's Atlanta, you probably expected it too. The other noon game I would have liked to see. The Ravens and the 49ers apparently was a really good game. Yeah, it wasn't on locally. Couldn't watch right. it. So, um, But field goal at the last, you know, last yeah, couple seconds. I, I'm almost more impressed with the Niners, I think, than the uh, than the Ravens. Ravens. I mean. Going to Baltimore across the. Yeah, going across country, playing in terrible weather. Um, first time seeing Lamar Jackson. I think, you know, God, you lose on the road at a last second field goal to the top team in the AFC. That's that's not bad. Redskins beat the Panthers, and he got word today that Ron Rivera was fired. Yeah. And uh, Rob Demosky of uh, ESPN Wisconsin said that it would be really interesting because uh, either the GM or the owner has ties to Mike McCarthy's hometown. Hmm. So maybe bring watch his name be brought into the mix for next season, I guess. Yeah, and I would think that the firing of Rivera probably spells the end of Ca- uh, Cam, Cam Newton in, in, in Carolina. People because, thought that to begin with. Well, but if you're going to bring in a new coach, you, are you going to really want to saddle him with a with a broken-down 30-year-old quarterback that's a diva and kind of a problem? I mean, I shouldn't say problem because we're not there. We don't know, but he's a diva. Yep. you you, you got to put up with shit with him. Um, you know, if I'm a new guy coming in, I'd rather have this Allen kid and, and McCaffrey and for sure and try to build that route. Yep, you that's, know? that's probably what you start with. Absolutely. Plus, you free up a ton of money. So right, uh, Bengals got their first win over the Jets. Boy, that's got to feel bad for oh, well for New York. I mean, that kind of doesn't that raise a little bit of a question for you about what Cincinnati's doing? Like, were they tanking? Because Andy Dalton is clearly better than that Finley guy that they put in there for the last five or six games. It's not even close. Whether you think Andy Dalton's good or not, he's better than that that guy. guy. And that guy's not the future. So it's like, were they tanking? And then they got to the end of the season and they thought, well, shit, we don't want to go winless. We better put Dalton back in. I don't know. Would you say going winless and getting the number one pick? Yeah, but is going winless or winning one? I mean, I suppose as long as you don't win another get, one, everybody else has more than one win, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just it's such a bad look for for a team, and it's really, I mean, it's really hard, obviously, to tank in football because if you're not trying in football, you get killed, right? But I don't know. It's just kind of coincidental. Titans with a good win in Indianapolis. Uh, they beat There's, the Colts. Man, talk about another team that just. The injuries killed them. The Colts mm. just killed them. Uh, Bar- the Buccaneers go into Jacksonville, who are uh, basically going to eat Nick Foles' money for a while and just basically send it into the furnace and burn it. Yeah. That was a really, really – I mean, they named Minshew the, the starter for the rest of the season, and Foles is on the bench. Healthy bench. If he wasn't making so much guaranteed money, I would say that's a candidate for Bears? the Bears. Because he played in that system before in Kansas City. Didn't do it particularly well. And I think the system is similar a little bit to what Philadelphia runs, but he's got too much guaranteed money. I think I think I read yesterday if they cut him, it's like a $30, 30 million. 30, 33, yeah. And if they trade him, they can save like $5 million bucks, but he's still going to be making $15, 20000000 bucks to whoever money. he goes yep, to. Right. And I don't think anybody's going to want to pay that. Boy, the, uh, the Eagles are... Just fading. Worst loss of this in the oh, league this year. Absolutely, Dolphins yeah. Yeah. for sure. That's... And they were up like fourteen. Philly was. 
I have to talk. I to mean, you. that's one of those ones too, where it's like Dallas is just begging you to take this division from them, mm-hmm. begging you. And all I got to do is beat the Dolphins. And you can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> uh, Brown Steelers rematch goes to Pittsburgh. Thank God. Bye bye Baker. <sighs> Rams uh, wall up the Cardinals. Nothing to see here. Uh, Chiefs crush the Raiders. Nothing to see yeah, there. That was ugly. Um, Broncos with a last-second field goal and beat the Chargers. Yeah, the Chargers found a new way to lose. It was pretty fun to watch. <laughs> pretty fun to watch. I know you're a Rivers guy. I I don't know how you can lose to to Denver, even though it's it's at that their place and they're historically better there. Um, but I I that that for the that Charger team to lose to that Bronco team, you right now in LA, you just better blow that up. I think, yeah. You, you, you kind of have to, yeah. right, at this point? I think so. They, I mean, they, they've been trying to piece things together, and they have really good aspirations. Well, they started and, off so poorly with, with the Gordon holdout, yes. and they had their left tackle was out, and they just never, you know, they never could get going. I actually thought when they beat the Packers, like, that might be their springboard to kind of sure. turn around, but it hasn't happened for them. Uh, I didn't watch any of the Sunday night game. I don't know whether you did. Uh, Not much. But Texans uh, upset the Patriots mm-hmm. um, in Houston, obviously. Boy, that Patriot offense is bad. It's really bad. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't recognize barely anybody outside Brady and uh, Kevin White. Edelman. Well, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. But, yeah, other than that, I'm, I, I don't know any of these names. Right. Uh, and then the Vikings, the Seahawks, entertaining game. Touchdown difference on, on Monday night. Vikings had the lead uh, for a little bit. I think they had the lead at half. And, uh, yeah, I, I woke up this morning and, and I saw the final. And I got the ball. Yeah. So I went on and I, and I looked at the stats cause I wanted, cause it was so many points. I was like, Oh wow. Who, who had a big game? And it was really nobody. And then the next thing I looked at was time of possession. Seattle had the ball for 40 minutes. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, Minnesota was scoring at a pretty good clip. Mm-hmm. He scored 30 points in 20 minutes, but the Seahawks just dominated the time of possession and were able to run the ball. I think Dalvin Cook only had like nine carries. He had a shoulder injury. He went out in the third quarter. Yeah, but um, nobody else had many carries either, so it was obvious they were just slinging it around. But uh, Chris Carson had a nice game for Seattle, and, you know, that's that's kind of the way they win. Wilson, MVP, front runner, Jackson. You know, it, I think if... If it plays out evenly the rest of the way, I could see a co. Really? Yeah. I, I could see, uh, what was it, Favre, Barry Sanders, Peyton Manning, Steve McNair. I could see a, I could see a co. If they both go 14-2, and two, win their division, have similar numbers, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I just think it's going to be really hard for Lamar Jackson to not win it because it seems like the media really want him to win it. You know, it's a better story than Russell Wilson. I mean, Russell Wilson, everybody kind of knows that story yes. by now. And I mean, he's been, he's been great this year and he certainly deserves to be a top candidate for it. But I don't know. The, the, okay. the Lamar love is pretty strong right now. What did you want to touch on on the Monday night football broadcast? Oh, God. <laughs> There's those, the announcers, the announcers for that are so bad. Yeah. Joe Tessitore and, and, and Booger. Oh, it's, um, it's hard to listen to. Booger McFarlane is is awful. He said last night there was a play where Russell Wilson, I think he like threw a pass and it got tipped and it came back to him and he batted it forward and Pick Minnesota six. picked it off and I, ran I it in. It, yeah. 
And Booger McFarland said that it's about time the Vikings got one of those to go their way because the Minneapolis miracle was such a disaster for them, yada, yada, yada. The Minneapolis miracle they won on. I saw Twitter. It said, does somebody want to tell Booger? Dot, 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 question mark. Booger McFarland a couple of years ago was one of the guys on ESPN that was pounding the table the hardest saying Lamar Jackson should be a wide receiver. I mean, I, I understand that he played in the league for a while and he can put a sentence together, but that doesn't mean that he's qualified to call Monday Night Football. It's just like the changing of the wind with those guys. It's like it's a different direction. We'll just go there and just say stuff. But isn't it kind of disappointing? I mean, remember when we were kids watching Monday Night Football and that would come on and you had Al, Frank, and Dan doing the game back mm -hmm. in the 80s. Like, when you were on Monday Night Football, that was huge. And to have those guys calling the game, talking about your team and your favorite players was huge. Now it's like, if I see my team on Monday Night Football, I'm like, oh, I got to listen these, to these guys. These putzes. My thing, and I tweeted it out on Thanksgiving, was that I missed Madden and Summerall on Thanksgiving, and because those were my guys, I didn't, I wasn't as hardcore into football early on until probably I got uh, to high school, and then I really started to pay attention to some of the announcing crews, and I really liked Madden and Summerall uh, going forward, and you know, into college and stuff like that, and that that those were my guys. So I was reminded of them on Thanksgiving, listening to some of the announce teams, and like you, like you said, listening on Monday night. Um, a lot of people were giving Al Michaels some love on Sunday. He's great. And he does a great job. It's He's funny because because the guy that I listened to on uh, the game in Milwaukee, who also is out of D.C. and does an ESPN show, Steve Zabin, he hates him. He thinks he's awful. And I don't really understand why because Michaels, to me, has the voice. He's very smooth. And I think he's got really good rapport with his guy, Collinsworth. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's all it is. So I don't understand the hate going on there from from Zabe, I think Michaels is is very good and he's pleasant to listen. to. I think to. he's the best. I think that's why out he's of, on Sunday Night Football. Out of everybody that, yeah. that that's in there that calls football yes. games, absolutely. I think he's the best. That's why he calls Monday Night Football mm -hmm. and or Sunday Night Football. And I, it's your feeling about that is the same feeling I have about Joe Buck. I don't I don't get the hate with Joe Buck. I don't understand it, um, especially Packer fans. It's very bizarre to me. Um, every time Aikman and Buck do a game, if you don't like Troy Aikman because you don't like the Cowboys and Troy Aikman used to kick your ass back get in the day, it. I get it, but yeah, get over it. I don't, I don't understand the Joe Buck hate. He's the best they have. If he wasn't, he wouldn't always do the marquee game. To me, I've always been taught don't make yourself bigger than what's going on in the field or the court, and I feel like sometimes Buck really brings out his own, um, not ego necessarily, but brings out his reputation or I, I think he, he takes it over, whether it's on purpose or not. I think he just kind of presents himself that what he's saying is more important than what's going on actually on, I, I on, just, on I, the field. I think you think that way because of the way he speaks. Because I don't I don't think his words would, would jive with what you're saying. I think after... after it, he did that early on. After he did what he after he said what he said at Lambo that mm -hmm. day when Moss pretended to pull his pants right. down and that kind of became a, a, a laughable soundbite for him. Mm -hmm. He hasn't really been that that way. I think Aikman, Jesus, the other day watching um I think it was the Thursday, I think it was the Thanksgiving game, like he was basically rooting for Dallas. <laughs> and I don't have a problem with that. Mm -hmm. I really don't. He played there. He's in the freaking Hall of Fame as a cowboy like of course he's got 
feelings toward that team. But I don't know. I think that there are there are more guys doing it now than ever because there's more content than mm-hmm. ever. But I think there's less really good ones than than ever before. Um, I I just you know that is true. I, I watch you watch some of these college basketball games. College football is the same way. Yeah, you, some I of these, see a Tuesday yeesh. or a Thursday game, and I see who the crew is that has to go to the middle of of nowhere to call a game, and I'm like, where did you even dig sometimes these guys up? Even sometimes like a Badger game, like an eleven o'clock Badger game in in September when they're playing like. Indiana in the second week of the Big Ten, and it'll be like Pam Ward and Spencer Tillman, and it's not because she's a woman. I just don't particularly think she's very good. Like, I don't even want to listen. I don't even want to watch the game because it's like I don't want to do this for three hours. It was so nice to get Herb Street and Fowler yeah. against Minnesota. Yeah. It, it, it was really refreshing to, to, to get them. For sure. So, all right. Um, what did you want to talk about with uh, Manning and Rivers? <laughs> Are they Hall of Famers? I don't think Rivers is. What's he done? I guess. Uh, you're talking about Eli Manning. Either, yeah, uh, Eli he, Manning and pay, and. Uh, I mean, what's your criteria? I guess because a lot of people have have a revolving set of criteria, and nobody can settle on what what counts most for you to be in the Hall of Fame. And the 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 thing that people most go to is Super Bowls, mm-hmm. and. But then you can say, well, Marino broke every statistic known to man, and he slung it all over the field, and he had so many winning teams, he just never got a ring, but he's still a Hall of Famer. Okay, well, then you can apply that criteria to somebody else, but Eli's got a couple rings, so put him in. But other than that, I, I, I don't know. It's just the eye test for me. You just look at him, and you're like, really? How did you win two Super Bowls? Mm-hmm. But he did. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that you can exactly hold that against him. I think kind of by default, you got to put him in. Don't you? I think they're both Hall of Famers. Okay. I think um, I think Eli's resume of the Super Bowl victories, you kind of have to put him in. That's what I, I mean, mean. If it was just the one, if they had only won the, the one time with the helmet catch, then he's not. I think the second one gets him in. Um and he played really, really well in both those runs. But at the same time, it's like, dude, they haven't made the playoffs in like five years. Like, he hasn't won a playoff game since that Super Bowl win. So, you know, the last half of his career has pretty much been in anonymity. With Rivers, I think he is. I think anytime you're the face of a franchise for that long and you're their best player for that long, and statistically, he's got some of the greatest passing numbers ever, and of course, everything's inflated now. But mm-hmm. um, you know, he he was on some really good teams that just kept running into really good Patriot teams. He made some AFC Championship games that, that well, they lost for you know one one time he blew his knee out, one time mm-hmm. Tomlinson got hurt, so stuff out of your control. Um, I think he was with one of the most dysfunctional and poorly ran organizations in the sport. Probably. I think you got to factor that in. That's fair. Um, I so I, I would put them both in. I I don't think they're probably both first ballot, but I think they will both eventually get in. Um, I've never really been a Rivers guy. I mean, his playoff record is three and four. Like you said, doesn't have a ring yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I I just don't put him in any of the. When, when, when you look at year-to-year, year, the groups of top quarterbacks, and you get top-tier, second-tier, third-tier, he's never in that top-tier for me. 
and maybe he's in the middle of the second. I think he was for a for a point in his career okay. in that you know he wasn't you know you know he wasn't Rodgers but I think he was he was the level below Manning, Brady, Breeze, Rodgers. I think he was in that next group with like yeah. Roethlisberger, Flacco, Eli, you know, guys like that. So, um, okay. you know, the one thing you hold against him is the rings, the lack of rings. Um, but, if, you know, it's like you said, you, you can't just base it on that because, you know, then like, okay, well, Trent Dilfer, Brad Johnson, uh, Joe Flacco, Nick Foles, they all have rings, but right. none of those guys are better quarterbacks than Phil Rivers. I mean, you you don't have to be a football expert to no they don't that. have they don't have the skills no. and they don't have the body of work so I don't know I just right. it no, just popped into question. my head no, today um, I just thought it was interesting and I was kind of wondering what All you right. thought so uh, you want to go through the playoff picture quick yeah AFC uh, new number one new number one in both conferences but in the AFC we got Baltimore at ten and two New England ten and two Houston eight and four KC eight and four those are your division leaders. Uh, Buffalo comes in nine and three, only one game behind New England, and they still have to play, which which could that? be in New England. Okay, but they still have to play, that, right. so that could be interesting. Um, the second wild card, we've got a tie with Pittsburgh and Tennessee, both at seven and five. And I think if you'd have said in week three that those two teams were going to be vying for that spot, I don't think either one of us would have believed that. I still don't understand how Pittsburgh is is to that point. With all the with all the guys that have gone, yeah, without Antonio, without Roethlisberger, third string quarterback, yeah. uh, no Juju, Connor's yeah. been out. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, Tomlin's got to be up in coach of the year running. You'd have to think if they make the playoffs for sure. And then Indy and Oakland are kind of hanging on by dear yeah. life at six and six, but I, I I just don't think Oakland's very good, and I think Indy's too banged up. Okay. Uh, NFC Seattle takes over number one. They are ten and two. New Orleans ten and two. Green Bay nine and three, and the Cowboys a lovely six and six. Those are your <laughs> division leaders. Niners at ten and two, the number one wild card. Minnesota eight and four. Rams are coming in uh, just outside at seven and five. Bears six and six. They're pretty much Philly you know count them out. Philly five and seven, but you got to keep them in there because they're, they're only one game out of the division. Right. So they have to do another Seahawks, Man. and whoever's going to win the division might have a losing record. That that one year that Seattle made it. Yeah. Hmm. It's. I mean, really, it's going to probably come down Dallas and Philly. I. I think play next week. Okay. Um. It's either next week or the week after. They. I. But I know they play one more time. Right. So that that may that may be your division title game. Well, we got four weeks left. It starts on Thursday. You had mentioned Cowboys and Bears. Um. I'll probably watch that. Uh. Got a couple of good games. We'll just roll through these. Uh. Carolina and Atlanta. Two teams that are bad. Baltimore and Buffalo should be good. Yeah, interesting. I would think. Yeah. Cleveland and Cincinnati, yuck. Uh, Packers and Redskins, yuck. Um, I mean, obviously, I'll watch. Uh, Lions and Minnesota, this is just a by question of how much the Vikings are going to win <laughs> Probably. by. Probably. Um, San Francisco's path at the last couple of weeks is very, very challenging. Mm-hmm. And they, they got to start uh, last week with Baltimore. They got to go to New Orleans now. Um, that should be interesting to see what the 49ers got left in the tank. Hey, you get to prove it. You right. know, they felt you, you disrespected, now you yeah. get to prove it. All right, uh, Dolphins at the Jets, yuck. Colts at the Buccaneers, yuck. Uh, Denver at Houston, Houston should roll in that. Uh, Chargers at Jacksonville, yuck. Titans at Oakland, yuck. <laughs> and then Chiefs at New England, there's another good one that, that should be. These are just sprinkled yep. in sporadically. No interest in Pittsburgh at Arizona. 
Um, Sunday night football should be all right. Seattle and the Rams. Rams got to step up and do something. Yeah, it's a big. It's kind of a must it's, win for them. Yeah, I think. Or otherwise, you can clo- probably well, close the book. And with. considering who like Minnesota plays, you figure they're going to win, mm-hmm. and that's who you're chasing. So, and I feel sorry that they have not been able to do something with the Monday night game because that <sighs> that's atrocious. I'm not even going to hate watch that. I I won't. Giants, because- Eagles, and Booger. I'm out. No, I'm out. Nope. Like, if there was some storyline or some insanely terrible team like the Bengals involved or the Dolphins or something like that, just give me something that I could have a reason to watch. This does not have it. I'd rather go out in my backyard and try to dig a hole with a fork. Hold on, I need to write that down. All right, so that's funny. It's, it's, it's recorded. You don't have to write it down. Uh, so we didn't do a good job uh, rolling through the NFL. We spent 36 minutes on it. So yeah, whatever. That's the NFL for this week. We roll to the college game where the Badgers jump up to number 10 by whipping Minnesota to get the axe in uh, bad conditions. Both Packers and Badgers played in snow globes uh, towards the end of their games. 38-10. Why does everybody care so much about that stupid axe? I don't get it. It's a rivalry game. Well, so is the Iowa game. Nobody cared yeah, about that. I don't care about that. Yeah, but Iowa's better program than Minnesota. Yeah, but I... So why that, do I care? The axe is cooler. So? I just like it. Why? That's all it is. But why does why does everybody get such a... Make such a big deal out of it? Like well, It's the end of the year, and it's your chief rival. That's mm. why people pay attention to the Packers and the Bears, more so than the Packers. Yeah, but they don't, the they, yeah, they don't give each other, like, a wedge no, of cheese. No. Well, they should. The mayor's usually bet on something. I don't think Green Bay has a mayor. I don't even sure. Um, but anyway, so so you're not a fan of the axe gimmick. Apparently. I'm just not a fan of any. I mean, I don't like trophy games in general. No, they're dumb. I mean, if you have a rival, fine. You have a rival. I okay. You get something. It's bragging rights. But then it turns into all this other melodrama. That oh, you, we're that you bringing don't. the axe home. It's like great. I mean, I like it. I like well, the fact that it's. What does you know, that give you? That and fifty cents will get you. A, it's a rec- candy bar. Great. <laughs> don't care. Yeah. I just I, like it. I don't get the the whole the whole Badger Minnesota Packer Viking this Wisconsin Minnesota hatred. I I don't get it because I don't have it at all. Mm-hmm. I don't really have any. I mean, the team that I really dislike out of Minnesota the most is probably the Twins. Yeah, you know, that's be, the because, team that I like the because most. I go to Brewer Twin games once in a while, and Twin fans Twins are idiots. Are, yeah, but like, I don't know. It's just it's weird to me. Like. The Minnesota Golden Gophers are not a threat to the Badgers. No. I mean, this year, notwithstanding, but right. in general, like their their athletic program is not like a threat to the Badger program. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really. In the, it's the only it. rival they got. So, I mean, they. It's the only rival who's got? The Badgers do. I mean, I, I, what I don't. What are you talking about? I don't think they view Iowa or Illinois or Northwestern as huge rivals. I think it's just. I think Minnesota I know, is, is what why? they. Pay. I don't know. I didn't go there. It's just we, weird. We should, we should ask Bear. I don't know why it was established. I don't know why people care so much, but that's it. So, I'm going to jump in with both feet. That's all it is. This is, this is, this is the big game. For Badgers fans, I'm going to get interested because it's a it's a big game. Now, if they had two wins on the season, this doesn't mean much. I think the funniest thing about the Wisconsin-Minnesota rivalry hatred thing is that the Badger basketball team is basically all Minnesota kids. It is, yes. Which is hilarious. Yeah. I I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and you and I were talking a little bit about P.J. Flex' comments at the end where he went into the locker room and he still tried to pick up his guys saying, well, you're still Big Ten West co-champions. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is just not necessary. You don't like facts? 
what does that do for you? Uh, Congratulations. Yeah. You're not going to the championship, but you're still a champion. I, I, I just don't think you... There's a very good chance that they're going to end up being higher ranked at the end of for the year sure. than the Badgers. For sure. And I, I don't really understand why, because I, I was thinking about that a little bit today, where if you get whooped again on a neutral field by one of the top teams in the country, I don't know why you plummet past the team that you just beat the snout out of and had just as good a record as. Mm-hmm. Like, that that doesn't make sense to me. It won't surprise me if that happens. Yeah, I think it will happen. Um, I think it will happen. And so, so the Badgers aren't going to get a date with the Rose Bowl. I saw bowl predictions. They were going to so go what to is the it, Citrus Bowl. So what is it like? How does that work? So it's, if the Badgers lose to Ohio State, mm-hmm. they they would have, I mean, technically they would be in the running to go to the Rose Bowl, the Rose but Penn bowl, State would take would take their spot because the they're probably bowl higher ranked. The the highest ranked Big Ten team that's not in the playoff. So if you're in the playoff, you okay. can't go. So they, the Ohio State, they go to the next one. So if the Badgers fall... Under Penn State, under Minnesota, whoever's ranked between the Nittany Lions and the Gophers, which again, there's there's that where well Minnesota beat Penn State, so why would you not have them above yeah. Penn State? But who's ever ranked higher, that's that's well, who's, that's who's going to the Rose it's Bowl. It's the inherent flaw in college football. Right. It's about when you lose, not Clearly. who you lose to. Clearly, it really doesn't matter. Um, so I mean, I'm I'm I don't have any Rose Bowl expectations whatsoever. You said it, they were looked at the Citrus Bowl, Cit- Citrus Bowl to take on Auburn. Wasn't that last year or two? Was it? I just it, looked at the bowl. I just played them not long ago. Yeah. What about, that Did, was a Barry. Yeah, Barry came back yeah. and, they, and they won on a field goal. I think. Yeah, that must have been the Gar Anderson debacle season. Probably. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't very long ago. No. So. So um, that was it. But yeah, the the flat comments and I. I like the guy. Don't get me wrong, I do. I just didn't I, I don't know why that was I just think that's the kind of stuff you do and say when you're trying to build a program. You know, this is a this is a program that's never been um this good this late. Sure. So I think, you know, to just to keep your dauber up and you know you it, you didn't choke away your season you're still a top 15 team you still tied for the Big 10 West Championship you still have a chance to go to a major bowl game and you have a chance if you did really well and things went a certain way you might finish top 10 right. that's a huge deal for that program yeah all right uh Big 10 Championship i thought the the line would be 20 and a half yeah what bears say like 24 uh it opened at 17 yeah so yeah. I, 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 I still three scores. That's a lot. That's a lot. And I, I, I think it's going to be ugly. The last time I went down for a for a Wisconsin Ohio State Big Ten championship, I went down to Chicago to hang out with uh, Michael and her buddy Jeff, and I left at halftime. Yeah, I spent all the money for the was tolls. that the fifty nine nothing yes. game. Yep. Yeah, and that was we ordered pizza and everything. You know, all right, this is going to be great. And like five minutes in, I'm we were ball like this is going to be horrible. Gary Anderson. Just standing on the sideline wondering how much he can sell his house for. <laughs> All right. Uh, we switched to college hoops. Badgers have a tough time out, uh, out in Brooklyn Oof. at the tournament. That's putting it mildly. Both losses to Richmond, New Mexico. Can't shoot. Um, is that Wow, that's the right stat. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah, 9 for 53 from three-point range for 17% in the two games. Ooh. And for the year, they're 53 of 172 for 31% on the year. That's terrible. That's very bad. Yeah, you know, as a college team, as a team, you'd you'd like to be up in that thirty-seven, thirty-eight percent range. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, they're they're struggling. I, I thought the interesting thing uh, I heard today, Jeff Patrikas was on the radio, and then he wrote an article about it in the Journal Sentinel that 
Um, the thing that they were most harping on the last couple of days in practice was their turnovers because mm-hmm. I think they had like 28 or 29 in two games, mm-hmm. which is really not that many, but for the Badgers it, it is because they sure. like to keep it you know right. low around 10 or 12. But, man, they just can't shoot. Like this isn't an isolated thing. I mean, if they could have shot well, they should have beat St. Mary's. Um, they shot out of their mind against Marquette. Right. I mean, that's really why mm-hmm. they beat Marquette. Pritzel played his best game in college, and guys like Aleem Ford and, and Trice and Davison and those guys were knocking threes in. Other than that game, they haven't done it very often. Right. Um, you know, and this is one of these things that drives me crazy, and we've talked about it before. Every time the Badgers lose, it's fire Greg Gard, Greg Card can't coach, Greg Card can't recruit. I don't know that it's the recruiting that is the issue. And I like guard. Um, they're recruiting. They're not getting in super high-level recruits. I mean, they're they're not top 100 guys for the most part. I think Kobe King was. I think this Tyler Wall that's a freshman was. Um, they might have one in next. Next year's class is very heralded for them, but I think they only have one guy that's a top 100 guy. Everybody else is like in that 100 to 150 range. So okay. they're not super, super high-level guys. But right. the, the the thing that I'm seeing that would concern me as a Badger fan, the players aren't improving at Madison. Davison was better as a freshman than he is today as a junior. Uh, Trice has not improved at all in the last two years. Um, Kobe King been hurt. He was well. He was hurt two years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's the excuse today? He's not had a good season. Um, he's very passive. I haven't seen his game really expand much from what it was last year and even the year before when he played the first couple games. Really, you know, they throw it to him on the block, and if he's got a mismatch, he can jump over the guy and shoot. Um, I haven't really seen much. Reavers is the only guy right now that I've seen improve. Pretzel hasn't improved. No. You know, Trevor Anderson, he's been hurt. He don't even want to shoot. So that, that to me, is a little more concerning. And, you know, I don't know, again, because we're not there, it's hard It's hard to say. We're just speculating. I don't know if that's a coaching thing. I don't know if that's a, a players. They're, they're just limited by their own ability, and they're, they've, they've maxed out. Um, and if that is the case, then maybe it is some recruiting. I, I, you know, I just, I just tend to think it's very easy to point out when you lose and go, we don't have good enough players. Well, they were good enough when you were competing in the Big Ten last year. I mean, yeah, I know you had Hap, and Hap was very good, but those guys had to do stuff too. I'll be curious to see about the development for Tyler Wall. Yeah, and just see how what jump he makes. You know, now that he's getting minutes as a freshman and then to sophomore and junior just to see how good he becomes and and what he means to that offense. If there I think the referendum on Greg Gard will be next year when all these guys are are upperclassmen, when Davison and Trice and and Reavers are seniors and Micah Potter's a junior or senior and uh, Kobe King's a, a a fourth year junior like when these guys are 21 22 years old they should be competing for the Big 10 title. That's that's the hope, and that's why you yeah build those the, three guys. That's, that's why right. you build the program yep. the way they build the program is to get those upperclassmen, and you know next year will be a telling time. Badgers got to do uh, ACC Big Ten Challenge. They go to NC State. That'll be on Wednesday. Oh, some good games night. tonight. 
Yeah, there's six of them. Um, Louisville, Michigan, Michigan yeah. Duke, Michigan Michigan State. jumped up from unranked to four? Yeah. Well, you beat North Carolina and uh, somebody else really good they beat. Juwan Howard, uh, he said that, that put that's putting the program on the map. Big time. So That's become a basketball school. Yep. Two national <laughs> championship games in the last ten years. Yeah, I... It's just really weird with the with the Michigan Harbaugh thing. Well, you said it the other day. They're Nebraska, just nobody's told them. <laughs> right, that's the tweet that I saw. Like, everybody says the, oh, big things, great recruits, great coach, this is going to be awesome. And then you go out and then you, you just lay a couple farts and you're like, that, these guys kind of stink. Yeah. Well, okay, well, so. They haven't wait, won a national but, title since 97. But I, and I, I mean, I was looking at Twitter and I was like, Somebody asked the question, okay, Harbaugh's not the problem. Who are you going to get that's better Right. That that's going to come there? Yeah. Who are you going to get that's a bigger name that means more to the school that's going to do better <laughs> things? And if you got a good answer, I'd love to hear it. Uh, the the In the thread, I didn't see any names where I was like, absolutely that guy. I was just kind of like, nobody. They're, they're in the Notre Dame zone. They're, they're, they're in the Notre Dame zone. They're constantly overrated and overhyped because – of nostalgia. Yeah, but Notre Dame gets so much favoritism because they're not tied to a conference. I know, but they're still not really good. I nope. mean, they'll, they'll finish ranked because they get to pick whoever the hell they want to play and where they want to play them. Right. But at the end of the day, even when they make a playoff or something, they always get killed because they, they, they they're murdered. overhyped. Right. All right. Talk about Marquette a little bit. Uh, they had a nice tournament down in Orlando, went 2-1. and one, uh, the beat, last game. Yeah, well, beat Davidson uh, by 10, blew out USC, and then lost by lost to Maryland by 20. The game wasn't as lopsided as the score. I watched okay. that whole game. Um, Howard went off. He had 40 against yeah, Davidson. 91 in two games. Yep, 51 versus USC, but only six points against Maryland on 1-12 shooting. And, you know, that's that's the recipe, obviously, for beating Marquette. And, and Maryland had... The size, the length, and the athletes to really disrupt him. Um, they did a good job. I mean, Maryland's a top five team. They're very good. Um, so I, I, you know, I didn't expect Marquette to win that game. Um, what was nice about that game is finally Brandon Bailey and Sakar Anum finally had good games. I think Bailey had like twenty seven. He yep. hit like seven threes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seven threes. Um, so that was that's very encouraging going as we get towards Big East play because. You know, you get into league play. Everybody knows everybody's plays. Marcus Howard's been in the league now for four years. Everybody knows where he wants to shoot from, what he wants to do. Much easier to guard than in a non-conference situation. So you need those other guys to step up. Um, I think Marquette's heading in the right direction. Um, The Badger loss looks a little worse now, to me at least, Mm -hmm. Um, especially by how much you lost by. If you lost by four, okay, but they end up losing by, I think, 18 or something. Um, but I like the way where Marquette's headed. They they look like they're getting better. They got that Johnson kid from Utah, the seven footer. He's they've integrated him back in a little bit. Um, so I I think that you know uh, if they're a five hundred team in the Big East, that's that's a tournament team, and, and that's kind of where they want to be. So right. they got Jacksonville Wednesday. at home Wednesday, and then at Kansas State Saturday, which uh, they had they're doing a home and home with them. They they played them last year. I think I want to say Howard had. 45-ish against them last yeah. year, something like that. So that'll certainly be a revenge game for those guys. For sure. All right, NBA, Bucks are 18-3, and 9-1 and one at home, and they've won 12 in a row. Uh, the last time they did that was 92. 82. 82. Yeah. Okay. And they had, they posted, for the first time in franchise history, back-to-back 40-plus winning margin games, which I thought was impressive. They blew out the Hornets, and then they 
beat the shit out of the Knicks. Oh, both those teams are so bad, though. They are bad. <laughs> they're bad, bad, bad. Whew. But they're on pace for, what did I, 70 wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what they're on pace for right now. And still, when I watch and listen and read the national conversation, nobody's paying attention to them. And I love it. That's fine. I love it so I, much. That's what I what, what would want about my football teams. Yeah, I love it. Everybody just don't worry. We'll just be over here. Keep doing our thing. Don't pay attention. Yep. Because when the spotlight gets on us, we shit the bed. And I'm fine with just don't, you know, nothing to see here. The Lakers were 18-2 and two and won 10 in a row, and you'd think that they were shooting with a golden basketball. And the Bucks have won 12 in a row, and they're 18-3, and three and nobody's talking about them. But, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with it. Um, keep talking LeBron. Keep talking Carmelo. Keep talking Luka. Keep talking Embiid and the Sixers. But is that also going to be a little bit of a predicament when they, I mean, for what I've been reading, they're not really getting any calls either. So, I mean, even uh, even despite the record, reigning MVP, I don't think nobody's that's, respecting him. I don't think that's been too – there was a couple of games early on where I thought they got the short end. I don't okay. think it's been that way lately. But at the same time, they've been beating the shit out of everybody, so it really hasn't mattered okay. as much. Right. Um, this team is better than last year's team, uh, which I did not think would be the case. I thought they would struggle to replace Brogdon – they have not. I thought they would struggle when Middleton got hurt. They did not. Um, you got to really like what's happened here. They're eighteen and three. They've blown two twenty-point leads that they could have won. The other game they lost at the buzzer on the road to Utah. They could be twenty-one and zero theoretically. They haven't really won any super close games. They've really been beating teams solidly. They're top. They're number two in the league in defense. They're number two in the league in offense. They're a complete team. Um, their depth is great. I mean, you think about it, you know, Bledsoe was hurt early with the broken rib, didn't miss a beat. George Hill sat out some games with a bad back. Sterling Brown's been out with a bad shoulder. Brooke Lopez has missed the last two with a bad back. Middleton missed seven with his leg injury. Doesn't matter. Um, I think they knew sometimes as fans, and we'll get into this with the Brewers in a minute, Hmm. sometimes as fans, and I'm guilty of it too, you go by what you see only in the game. You don't see all the other stuff. The Bucks knew what they had with DiVincenzo and Brown. I'm convinced of that. That is why they let Brogdon go. Um, I also heard Ted Davis on the radio the other day say, basically it came down to Brogdon or Brooke Lopez. And Brooke Lopez, in his estimation, and I agree with him, is the second most important guy on the team. I, I think you said that in a past podcast. Yeah. Um, so... Kudos to the Bucks. Hat tip to John Horst and, the, and his staff um, for putting this team together. Everything's been fantastic through the first quarter of the season. And it's been to go. And it's been road heavy. You and I talked about yes. that before. They've been winning on the road. It's been road heavy. They've had some tough. They've played some tough teams on the road. The schedule lightens up considerably this month. I believe they have the easiest schedule in the NBA this okay. month. So, I mean, you're talking about an an opportunity to be like 32, 34, and five. Um, going into January, that's your that's all time level. I mean, I I don't think that this team is going to win seventy or try to get to seventy or anything mm-hmm. like that. But they're going to win more than sixty, and I did not think they were going to win more than they did last year. So that's that's pretty cool. All right. Um, but last night was really cool because it was last night was kind of the load management for Giannis for sure because he's a guy that it's. And he's even said it. It's hard for him to willingly sit out and 
he fights them when they want him to take a day off. And to be able to blow out a couple of teams like they have the last couple games, Giannis only played 22 minutes last night. He had 29 points and 14 rebounds. I mean, you talk about getting your work in. He was icing his knees seven minutes into the third quarter. I mean, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. When you don't even have to play him for the last, you know, 20 minutes of an NBA game. So, um it's nice to see that they got Brooke Lopez a couple of days off with his yep, bum back. His, back yep. his brother has been perfectly fine in his absence. So just speaks to the depth of these guys. And uh, they're scary good right now, man. All it's right. going to be fun. Let's move to our final topic and one of, I think, a lot of frustration around with a lot of fans um, that are just reading the news and haven't really fully invested, I don't think, in the front office and what they've done the last few years because I talked, I had lunch with a buddy today, and he wasn't really worried. Um, he trusts the whole Stearns thing, but there's a, been a lot of jettisoning of players, whether it be via trade, non-tendering, contracts for next year, um, and just allowing to walk in free agency. And basically what it boils down to is they've shaved off over $60 million in payroll coming up for next season. Mm -hmm. And that would allow them to do some things, make a splash. But right now, the way it looks, they're down two starting pitchers probably, and they need infield help at the corners. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and a catcher. And a catcher. Mm -hmm. So I don't really understand. And apparently, and I missed this today, I don't know where it came from, Josh Hader is also on the block. Oh yeah, he's on. Well, he's on the block. I wouldn't say that they're, they're, listening. they're listening, and they're also listening to to Hira as well. I, and they're also came. I saw today they're listening on Kane. Basically, everybody not named Braun because nobody wants him nobody at this point. Or Yelich, right? Um, so last week they trade Zach Davies and, and Grisham to the Padres for left-handed starter Eric Lauer and uh, infielder Luis Urias. Who is a who was a very top prospect last year? Padres brought him up. He didn't hit. It's, that's a little bit concerning, but it's a guy that the Brewers, you know, it falls under the mantra of the young, controllable talent that David Stearns is um, kind of coined as his catchphrase. Um, I'm fine with it. I'm a little disappointed to see Davies go. I liked him. I thought he was good. I know he took a lot of shit from a lot of fans. But he's young too. He's only like 25. Yeah. Um, so that was a money trade as much as anything, in my opinion. I know I will get pushback on that from some people. <laughs> my opinion, they didn't really want to have to pay him eight, nine million. So instead, they're going to pay this Lauer guy four million. Um, is he better than Davies? I don't know. I don't know. Um, is Grisham better than Urias? No. I was never big on Trent Grisham. He had some nice moments last year, but, I mean, the guy hit 230. He's just a guy. He's just a guy. He's a fourth outfielder on a good team. So if if this Urias kid can come in and and maybe um, be the shortstop of the future for the Brewers, I'm I'm all on board for that. So okay. um, the contract decisions weren't really all that surprising to me. I was the, the the biggest one I was surprised about was Jimmy Nelson, considering they waited and they and they helped him and they watched and they just waited for him to get back. But maybe they said we don't think he's gonna get back to form. Yeah, and I think that. He didn't perform particularly well last year. He would have been owed like four or five million bucks this year, and I just think that, you know, 
I get it. Well, you I had and, and you had said last week a lot of these guys are due for raises, right. yeah. And it just depends whether you think they're worth as much as they're going to get, or whether you think you can find cheaper alternatives and substitutes and just substitute guys in. So Travis Shaw, Jimmy Nelson, Alex Claudio, Junior Guerra, and Tyler Saladino were all non-tendered, rendering them free agents. Um, what I did find a little surprising today was reading the comments from Shaw's agent. Um, he said the Brewers were in contact with them all day yesterday and they were trying to negotiate something, but he basically said that Shaw wanted out. Shaw wanted to be somewhere else, wanted a change of scenery. Um, I think that there was... I Travis Shaw, from some of the things he said over the past few years over a variety of topics, I think he's a sensitive guy. I think he took it very personally when he got sent down. I think the Brewers did everything that they could do and had him up as long as they could have him up. Before you just say, dude, you're killing they, us. They sent Hira back down yeah. to bring him back yes, up. They, which just drove they, people yeah. nuts. They gave him every opportunity to succeed. He didn't get it done. And it's another guy that they didn't want to pay $5 million and take the risk that he was going to be ineffective again. Um, I'm a little disappointed they didn't bring back Guerra. I know he's like 35, um, but he was really, really good last year, and he's kind of a Swiss Army knife for you. He can start. He can come in in the middle relief. He can even close for you if need be. Maybe they try to bring him back on a lower deal. I don't know. Um, the other guys, I'm, I'm not surprised. Um, they end up tendering contracts to Hader, Knable, and Suter. Yep. Um, I think there's a very good chance that Suter may be in the mix to start. Um. Hater being on the block, the, the Brewers only have three trade assets on their whole team. It's Yelich, Hira, Hira. and Hater. Mm-hmm. Um, Woodruff, yeah, but they're not trading Woodruff because they're not paying him anything, so he's not really an option. So it's really those three guys. They're not trading Yelich. Um, I missed where RC assigned a one-year deal. I yep. saw. I, I I did see Gamble for one point four. RC and Gamble signed. Okay. Yeah, low money one-year deals. But you know, Hayner could bring a lot back, and now all of a sudden you have a bunch of holes to fill. So I get it. But you've also spent the last two years telling me this is the best closer in baseball, and now you just want to trade him because you don't feel like paying him. Like, I mean, it's hard to spin that. It's hard to spin that to to the fan base and not look like you're cheap. And and you and I had talked about this off the air where it's, you know, Stearns has done a miraculous job for the last couple of years where you go into the offseason, you're like, man, we need some work to do. And then all of a sudden these deals materialize mm-hmm. later rather than sooner. And usually right before the, um, what's the what's the big event? Winter meetings? No, the the fan fest. The fan, oh, fan fest, yeah. yeah. Something usually happens where then they debut some like a day or two, 24, 48 hours They before, like to do something some then. Yeah, yeah. that happens. So it's hard for me to just completely say this is this is ridiculous. You got way too many holes. How could you possibly fill and field as competitive a team last year, the year after you finished one game away from the World Series and you were right in the mix again to the last weekend uh, of the season and then you were, you know, a couple outs away from winning the wild card game Mm -hmm. and you lost to the eventual World Series champions. Right. So now you're like, you're looking at how many steps back or how deep of a hole you've dug yourself where you got to get back to ground level. 
But yet, there's like Stern said, there's a lot of the offseason left, but it's just the amount of stuff they need. I just don't. I I don't know whether you can do all of that. Yeah, and just be competitive and still, you know, expect people to show up and try to get two, three million fans through the door. There's a lot of offseason left, but there's already been a lot of activity for sure. So there's a lot of there's guys that are already signed. And, yeah. you know, Mustaka lost, signed lost with the Moose. Reds the other. That's right. Yesterday. They're going to see him in the division now for a couple of years. You know, and and can he fill those holes? Yeah. Um, but the problem is. Whoever you get as a catcher is a downgrade from Grandall. Guaranteed. 100%. Yep. That was the best catcher in baseball last year. And whoever you get at third base, unless by some miracle you give $250 million to Anthony Rendon, which ain't going to happen, you're going to get a downgrade at third base by losing Moustakas. Of the two, I think I would have rather had Grandall back because it's a more important position, and he's probably the best at his position. And, and he's a switch hitter. They're I mean, not paying him any more money per year than he got last year. The Brewers didn't want to go the fourth year on the contract, it's, which It's, it's all me, about years for these guys now. It's not yeah, about total money. It's about how many years. To me, that's a poor excuse. Um, I've heard some people say you don't want a 35-year-old catcher. Well, there's this thing in baseball. It's called a trade. You can make those at any time. You can send him to any American League team, and he can right. play be, first base and DH. DH for the next four or five so, years. So, I mean, I, I don't really buy that argument. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm willing to wait and see. I don't think there's going to be – it's not going to be like last year where a week before spring training a Moustakas and a Grand Dollar just hanging out. I, I think that the last two years were – kind of an aberration. I don't think that's going to happen this year. Well, you year. don't have any guys waiting for max deals right, either. Right. You don't you don't have somebody that's And the guys throw. that are are going to get them. Right. Rondon is going to get it. Strasburg and Cole are going to get them. So those guys, it's not going to be a Keuchel situation where a, a guy like that's hanging out there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. It's um, I get it. It's, it's a tough pill to swallow, um, especially losing a guy like Moose in the division. You know, and David Stearns, and we, we talked about before we went on air, and we can end with this. There, there's a lot of blind loyalty to him right now because they've made the playoffs two years in a row. And he's come up with some big moves he and has. some shocking moves where he's like, I didn't think this would be possible for Milwaukee to do. He The the Shaw trade, in hindsight, was a good trade. You got two good for, years for, out of for, him. Yes, absolutely. The, you know, the, the, the picking Aguiar up off of the waiver wire. Just worked out. It worked out. If Eric Thames doesn't suck so bad at the beginning of 2018... Aguiar doesn't get his opportunity, so I'm not sure I give Stearns a ton of credit for that, but he did sign him. Um, you know, So there's there's things like that that he's done very well. The Chassin signing, ah, he was good for one year. He was couldn't pitch him the next year. 50-50. You traded Chris Davis for a bag of socks, and he's hit 160 home runs in the last four years. You picked Jonathan VR over Scooter Jeanette, and Scooter went on to be an all-star in Cincinnati. Um. So, yeah, there's pros and cons with him, just like there is every general manager. Um, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, but if this roster going into the season, and I'm not as much worried about the payroll it's not as, your money. as the person that yes. they get. Yes. If this roster is not a playoff caliber roster on opening day, then I think we all have the right to bitch. Because when you tell me how great 
uh, your general manager is, and you keep telling me that you get three million through the gate every year, and you're making changes to the park like they're doing this year and that I, I, I don't prices, know anybody asked for. Parking prices, all that stuff is going up. You can't take a step back with your product. You can't. Um, and if you're gonna, you can't lie about it. You got to just say we're retooling. So, I don't know. A couple months left to go. We'll see, man. Okay. We'll see. Yeah, I know that's the. I know we've been both talking to some uh, some people that have some brewers knowledge. Um, you know, my buddy today said that he's he's thinking there's going to be another splash before Fan Fest. He thinks that's that's what there's going to be a, a a guy out there that they're going to drop a whole lot of money to that everybody's going to be wowed by it. I don't know whether that's true. I don't know whether there's going to be some trades. I, I I just again there's that there's that blind loyalty where you just just going off the last few years you kind of got to go I guess we'll just wait and see mm-hmm. but again there's just so much the enormity of it is what scares me but but baseball guys and brewer writers and and brewer fans that are the blind loyalists to David Stearns don't get pissed off at me because I'm talking about this stuff because this is what you want as a baseball fan, and this is what MLB wants. They're looking at the NFL and the NBA as twelve month a year right. leagues, and this is the and baseball's f- not first couple of days in December. So and this is what's happening. This is actually good, right? That this is going on. Yep. There's no such thing as bad PR right now. Nope. Even even if even if you're struggling to to find some positive things to talk about. So. Right. All right. That's the intentional foul for this week. We appreciate you listening, downloading, uh, subscribing. Tell your friends. We can find us wherever podcasts. Uh, are found as well. What are we on? Uh, we're on the, one once this week. Twice, or you're on twice this week. I'm on once for for high school. For, yeah, for hoops. We got a little early matchup with uh, girls intercity basketball happening on Thursday, and uh, we got double dose of Badgers. So we had to scrap Saturday. So yeah. enjoy your Christmas party. I will. I will. Okay. And fun. we will reconvene next week. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast Foul. I'm Josh. I'm Dan. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you next time. Go Bucks. <laughs>